Welcome to the Michael Anthony Show at 50. How you doing? A lot of love. What do you mean? Just how are you? Like 50 is big. What do you mean, how are you doing? <laughs> it's big. I'm just yeah, but who are you talking to? Just everyone. Yeah, but I'm you. talking and then you're saying, how are you doing? To okay, James, sorry, just yeah, the two of us in the room and you're saying, how are you doing? <laughs> Grand, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Michael Anthony Show at 50. Um huge amount of respect and love coming in during the week regarding the show and yeah like as much as we're kind of thankful not really I think that for what we've provided in terms of like even if you include guests and how weird and unique and and no one even knows where they're coming from or what's yeah. next or not I, I kind of think it's the least you could do so I'm not going to sit here and thank listeners who no, don't. No. who by the way should be doing it all the time yeah but only do it when there's a t-shirt at stake and some of them are in it because they think the t-shirt concept's funny yeah and some of them just want gear man some of them are going to save me a trip to Primark if you can separate the guys who are doing it because they're in on the show and there's the odd con who's like sorry what why does he want to Yeah, it's just for the gear. Of course, congratulations to everybody who entered the competition for the t-shirt. And yeah. there might be more down the line, you never know. So for anyone who doesn't get pulled out of this hat right now, you've done your duty. And you should have been doing it a long time ago. But still, top people. How many entrances is there? 32. 32. 32. So you are... You're 31 to 1. To win it, yeah. To win it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, more or less impossible. Um, it's very close to a roulette on a number. Yeah, and I'm kind of hoping that it's somebody based in another country because the concept of shipping it excites me, and the concept of they're wearing that somewhere else as opposed to here. But brilliant. Give it a shake, there, Patton. Let's see who comes out of the hat. Okay, here we go. Hello, do it longer. Do it longer than that. Yeah. Do you wanna Open do the honors, Mick? Here. All right, yeah. Who's it? Connor Pender. There you go. Connor Pender's a lucky winner. Um, Dublin-based dude. Dublin-based dude. Yeah, we'll sort that out. Um, we'll get it sorted out. Well done. Well done, Mister Pender, and congratulations to all the other entrants. It's been fascinating to see how much it means to you. Some excellent choices, some unique choices. And just let me recheck that. What did he, he selected? Small man syndrome. So that's that's early on. It's interesting. Yeah. And um, but yeah, no. Connor Pender. Well the sinking sound of despair. The smell of dread in the air. I'm head to toe in my own fear. I'm going to die and I need to cry ah. We were going to possibly and a lot of people during the week were asking so are you going to do a best bits thing are you going to go down memory lane are you going to actually take questions from, from listeners and as much as we considered it we just thought that there was absolutely no point of pretending that we give a bollocks for anyone's opinions other than ours and although support's been great recently and there's been a lot of kind words I think it'd be wrong of us to change who we are and suddenly do you know what I mean we just become real podcasted yeah, out of it and start like okay questions we don't care thanks for 
tuning in and coming on this journey with us and we do appreciate yeah. your comments and all but now like fuck off at the same time yeah. do you know what I mean um, obviously you've been here now since episode two do you ever kind of go wow I'm an unbelievably fortunate bloke to yeah, be in this situation because let's not tell a lie here you don't necessarily provide enough to be on I, I'm just going to say it slowly it's not like a, um, it's, you don't provide enough to be here yeah. <laughs> do you? Uh, no I wouldn't think so no, no I don't think, think you do either and I think that honest. there's a lot of listeners who do like you and think it's funny yeah, and they laugh at you but I think the mistake you make is you know the way you are the laughed at character do you know Laugh what I mean at. yeah the kind of yeah. steel guy can take any joke okay. um, you get forgiven for expressing like unbelievably backwards views because you're the kind of nicer one the people kind of, love yeah. relating to you you're the everyday man but there's a lot of guys out there who are seriously going no I'm not into him get him off he's just a mob get him off yeah really annoying every time oh. he speaks it takes away from the flow of the show like what do you think your best moment in the show ever Sahara was Sahara the rollerblade in that episode what uh, the comedy I brought through it to it yeah I believe my actual role in that was I actually think massive. that all you did is shout at her that bisexuality didn't exist and that like gays are gays and you're fucking <laughs> gays you're like taking up the arse because why wouldn't do it for a million quid and bar that you just made perverted comments and basically wanted to let her know that as much as we're trying to talk to you about culture and religion and the morals of porn yeah. and how safe you feel in the environment as opposed to just talking about fetish and anal porn. like everyone else wants to do with you. And we were taking her out of that shell. It was like you were just so paranoid about her like being better than you even though she's in porn really? no. that you had to push her back into her shell and just let her know that I'm only talking about sex, you are porn and that's what you always are. Don't give me a big word. Don't give me a big word, your porn star. That's what it seemed like. Really? Did it seem like that? Well, what did you think it seemed like? I thought it seemed like I was in on the gag. Everyone was joking. You mean in on the gag? Sorry, I made her feel comfortable. Made her feel at home. Made her open up more. Me being No, I don't think so. I don't think so. And she was like... The odd time I thought she was on the cusp of making a fascinating point and just saw like a bit of drool coming out of your mouth (laughs) on the other side of the table. I was like... Real fucked up. And really? then sure after with the Katona one, when Katona said that there's a famous picture of me in a in a cat suit, yeah. you forgot you were on the show and went, who am I seeing that? Yeah, no, that was it's just unbelievably was unprofessional. Yeah, that was. That was terrible. What do um, you consider your future to be on the show? Just um, balance of the conversation. Yeah. Maybe have you, the way you talk on a... But do you want to be on guest shows? Do you want to be on guest shows? I don't think I am necessarily needed on the guest shows. Sometimes I can provide on them. Sometimes I make them... Sometimes I think I'll be uncomfortable on them. Like Tony Sheridan, for example. Yeah. Obviously back... Why were you so uncomfortable with Tony Sheridan? Uh, Nervous. Not a... um, Wasn't comfortable. Yeah, Uh, we know that. Why were you uncomfortable? I wasn't comfortable. What are you... That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of people listening to this going... Why is he? Why is he on it? Because the mic was on. I didn't. I didn't know how to. I think. Behave. Yeah. I think sometimes that anyone who is criticising you needs to remember that, like you're the last person who should be in this position. You shouldn't really be judged on it. You were destined to be a pretty boring, ordinary guy. 
boring, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you, know, do you not think so? I don't know. I think you're safe. I know. I think you're. I think you're a great man. I think you're a fascinatingly nice man. I think you'll offer a lot to your wife, kids, maybe grandkids. I do not think your grandkids will know who you are. I don't think they will, even with modern technology, where they don't even have to open up coffee stain documents and they can just check online. I'm pretty sure no one will go into Pat. Mar- Apparently, my granddad was this guy called Pat Martin. Do you know what I mean? I just don't think so. And I think ever since I've known you. Yeah. You've been a pretty ordinary dude. Okay. Um, the first time I saw you, I remember it well. It was a July night, regrettably enough and embarrassingly enough, yeah. um, in Portugal, in yeah. a real kind of embarrassing part of the place that was just full of Celtic tiger. Belens and I was there. Uh, Belens, you should have been given a pair of ankle weights with their Factor 50 yeah. um, upon entrance. And I saw Paul Ince. Obviously, the governor, uh, a guy who, when he went to Italy, was christened Il Governor by the Italian media. They kept the same nickname for Paul Lynch, which I thought was fascinating. But Judas to West Ham fans, great midfielder in his day, and ultimately became Judas to United fans as well when he started leading out Liverpool. But I saw Incy across yeah. the way. Yeah. I was around 10. He had two little kids with them, and these, these guys just looked like future footballers all day long. And Thomas Ince was there, a guy who went on to play football at quite a high level, and they started kicking the ball around. So I wanted to let them know maybe that I was as good as them, as deluded okay, yeah. as I would have been at, at the time. Agency. But let's not forget you're talking about a pretty gifted footballer here. If, 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 if you? I, yeah. Okay. If I wasn't so obsessed with putting theatre and the entertainment of the game and impersonate the people I watched on TV you're looking at a pretty gifted operator my instinct was to dive like when my first ever football game I played properly got booked for diving the first time I got the ball I wanted it to be theatre do you know what I mean I used to like deliberately copy Beckham's free kick technique even if it took miles per hour off the ball but let's not forget when I went for a trial for that UCD team yeah that I got through to the second round. It was like a football icon kind of style. And the only reason, even though I kept a clean sheet in both trial matches, that I didn't make the final team was because we the only three goalkeepers yeah. made the final trial, but there were four teams. So they had to sub in the first team backup from the UCD Artricity team onto my trial team. He was Romanian. And he was screaming at me for the whole thing, thinking we were playing against Bohemians in the bowl. Screaming at me for passing it to him in wrong situations in Romanian. And I just ended up getting verbals with him. The coaches were having none of it. But I was a gifted operator. So I wanted to let the ins lads know that I'm here. Mm. And I don't give a fuck who your old man is. Don't start playing ball in the car park without someone going in on you. So I went up to the ins to start having a kick about and then they were a bit closed off not really having any of it we needed some kind of two on two things it was just yeah. awkward I so that. I saw you uh, you look like a fellow Irish kid it's weird that we first met like that before you ever went to the same school and I asked you did you want to play you kind of really shyly came over and just communicated with nods and I told you right here's the deal they're Paul Ince's son let's have it they absolutely battered us I don't think oh. we touched the football in fact I'm serious I think they tipped off would score and they were playing some street rows where they took the tip again. I don't think we got the ball. I don't think I didn't touch it anyway. You might, yeah. have, might have hit you on the shin or something. But you man-marked the younger one for the whole thing. And it was two on two. And it was in a car park. And you were actually man-marking him. Where he went, you went. Staying real tight and all. Like yeah, adop- adopting. You were so stringent and so boring that even when you were playing Paul into sons in a car park, your instinct was to follow rules. Yeah. And I go... What a uniquely boring bloke. I didn't think much of you ever again. I didn't think much of you ever again. And then one day, uniquely in sixth class, I, uh, I walked in 
to the classroom and there you are sitting there. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And you remained uniquely boring that's until unbelievably. Yeah, you did. And then when we were, no, then when we were 14, yeah. we ended up going to the same Gwilge. Yeah, you got real homesick and had to go home early. It's the most embarrassing thing ever. As well, like to actually be homesick and cry. Uh, going home homesick because you miss your mom is like the most boring thing ever. I don't think that's No, boring. that's I not like that's quirky. Like no, that's not cool. That's not mental. No, that's just weird. Stick it out. No, like, no boring. Leaving. No, boring lads don't stick thing. it out. No, that's just, that's real boring because it's just home comfort one thing. It's, it's like particularly boring. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But it wasn't a memorable leave. Okay. Like both your parents came and just had a word with the principal and you had to leave and you left like five days early. You couldn't even stick it out and you weren't crying or anything there wasn't anything in, there wasn't about. anything in the mental health region about yeah, it it was yeah, just yeah. like limping around not speaking but uh, again we were staying in the same gaff particularly boring guy and then I walked out the back garden one day yeah. and there was this Mayo travelling child I remember yeah, and you know it's more like that so I said that and you were yeah. over the ditch Yeah, I came out the back and he was threatening you yeah. and with a pole with a pole yeah. and you got real scared and your face went really red and you were wearing a boy's Abercrombie polo. The deer was coloured in, even though you were nearly 15. You were around 5'2". And I remember I stood over the pole thinking I was real hard. But if he'd come at me, yeah, he would have absolutely time. killed me. Yeah. It was just height that I did. And I stood on the thing and I go from, yeah, what, you, what, what are you saying, man? <laughs> and he goes, huh? I go, put down that fucking pail and get your head cracked in. Oh, and, and, he was, and, and then he was like, all right, you're fine. And he dropped the pole. And I just played this whole, I'm grown man, I looked after you. And you actually thought I looked after you. And that was the start maybe of me seeing that there's slightly more to you than being boring. There's actually a really high degree of stupidity. And there's enough anxiety <laughs> to have crack with. All right, yeah. So, yeah, I don't think people should really be criticising you for absolutely butchering the majority yeah. of appearances you make here. Yeah, because I was never supposed to be... Never supposed to do it, exactly. So yeah. I don't understand people who are pointing fingers at you. It's, I think it's... Do you think you've developed? Do you think you've become I less think, boring? Uh, maybe I've developed. <clears throat> I don't know if I've become less boring. Sometimes maybe we're still that. What about people who say the small man syndrome was your peak? Yeah, do people say that, yeah? What if you were just supposed to be a one-shell guy? Yeah, I was supposed to be that guy. What are you still doing here? Do you, ever want, do, you, do you ever get scared about it? Like, what am I still doing here? Yeah, sometimes I would, like, in my own thoughts, obviously go, what the fuck am I still doing there? I don't really yeah. offer much sometimes. Or else yeah, do you I think, think that... Do, do you think offer... how shit you are is, like, so brilliant and it's an escape? I think so. I think it helps the show because it just gives an other element... Because a lot of people who publish things, like, yeah. opinion-based things... A lot of people are terrible, but they don't know they're so bad. Yeah. They don't know they're appalling and they're real cringy and self-promoting and just embarrassing and have a really bad rhythm and flow to the way they speak and their choice of words are shocking. Yeah. But yours is like this beautiful, rare... I hope so. I am openly so terrible bad. Terrible at what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. And there's no one really like you in, in media. Really? Yeah. If, if, no, I, sorry, that's why. why that's why media? I have you if on the. Mic. That's what I'm that. saying. Yeah, it's so the, it's, it's one of the best concepts I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. They have a guy who's bad, but he's not trying to be bad. Like there's guys who brought on a bad guy. Yeah. And he's terrible. But he but thinks he's. He kind of, he's playing up to the shit house thing. Okay, yeah. And I think you're playing up to the shit house thing slightly. But only enough to. I am naturally that bad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, even how bad you are trying to be shit. <laughs> It's yeah. like it's so open and it's so brilliant. It's one of the best concepts. Like this genuine bad guy. I hope that comes across in the thing. And people so, don't think he's an absolute fucking war and get him yeah. up. Why do you think he's good? 
Yes. I hope that doesn't come across. This absolute idiot thinks he's yeah. But, but you, you see, you're kind of admitting, though. You do think you're good because you're trying to be the guy who doesn't think he's good. So you think you're good at being the guy who's not trying to be good. Yeah, fair so enough, it's like yeah. the highest form. You think you're so good that you've the audacity to come on here and be terrible and offer nothing, but you're like, it's but me. So you think you're that much above everyone that you can well, come on and appear. That, that's and, what I mean, though. It is, if you think about it, you just, because it's you, you won't admit that's what you're doing. But that is what you're doing you've such a high regard for yourself that you use the protection thing and going look at me I'm not saying I'm good I'm mm. open I take a lot of abuse but in a way you're just saying look how rock hard I am emotionally do you know what I mean I'm kind of like can joke about bigotry and get away with it I can be semi-racist I can say what I want and then I can take all the slag and I'm just emotionally balanced man and my real message to anyone <laughs> who's mentally ill is get the fuck over it <laughs> you fucking doors you can't fucking doors uh, yeah but there's always been an element of that to you. You've always liked being the guy who doesn't rock the boat, yeah. who sells himself as not thinking he's good at things. You've always the loved the concept of modesty. All you've ever sought is modesty. Yeah, yeah. The only thing you've ever sought in life yeah, yeah. was someone thinking that you didn't think something of yourself. I know, yeah. In a way, that's the highest form. Oh, of arrogance. Of arrogance. Yeah. Because you wanted to seem so confident that you have to make it seem like you didn't have to try it or anything so it didn't define you. Oh, yeah, I'll let you be me in table tennis. It means more to you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't have to try at football. I don't care if I make the team. It means more to you guys. I'll do my bit in training. But really, it was just to defend yourself from the reality because yeah, uh... if you tried, you would have fell short <laughs> and you knew that deep Maybe. down. So you position yourself in, oh, I need to try. I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm secure with myself. Well, it's a good way to obviously... Defend fail yourself. things yes. but not fail in your you're hilariously afraid of failure <laughs> yeah, like to the most humorous do you think so? extent I've ever seen really yeah yeah. it's brilliant in, in ways it makes you a nicer guy you don't you, you don't really overly go for anything but you sell it in this beautiful way is, I don't need to go for it I'm, I'm cool with who I am do you know what I mean if you like <laughs> I'm satisfied I've been on the whatever team in rugby I don't really mind like I still got two drop goals and will tackle anyone but it's cool you can ignore me you don't really like same with women with what anything do you know what I mean yeah yeah no I know it's, it's, a, it's not a good trade I don't think because it's a lack of competitiveness that actually doesn't benefit your life in any way you actually to have that little... It's the highest form of competitiveness. No, because it... Because you're constantly competing with people of how secure they are. <laughs> Do you <clears> think because, so? No, because yeah. I'm not thinking about other people's security. No, because what people really seek is for insecurities to be gone. Yeah. They seek... Everyone really... The only real bar of happiness has been okay with yourself. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what so other people but t- seriously you know the way everyone says it doesn't matter what other people think yeah, yeah. You know, it actually it can't it matter no. it can't matter because you all die separately and all the only head you're in is your own and even if other people think about you you're only briefly in the brain for a few second periods so it doesn't, so it doesn't actually matter the whole brain you have to live in is your own brain yeah. so if someone thinks something of you what they think of it for five seconds and then move on thinking about something else it doesn't actually matter it's no. completely irrational to care what other people think it's not a case of it's a cliche, do you know what I mean? You just gotta stop caring. It's just you don't gotta stop, but just it you shouldn't. It's societal. You don't actually care. Your mm. brain's happiness is all in your own head. So it's the highest form of competitiveness because you're competing to seem more self secure. Yeah, that's why embarrassment makes you embarrassed. Yeah. So you do something slightly embarrassing. 
But because you're so embarrassed by being embarrassed, you get way more embarrassed, if that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I do. I got rat and everything. Yeah, like you, and then you're like, oh Real my goodness, quickly. I'm embarrassed and here. And I got more and more. Yeah, yeah, you're like, I'm embarrassed. I can't believe it. it looks like I tried something. I fell down. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you, I, I don't terrible. look that secure. <laughs> so the whole thing is hidden. <laughs> and there's also something else I want to ask you. This isn't a big deal. Yeah, yeah. You just say, it's terrible. You know the way you sell the whole anti-gay thing a bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anti-racism. Um, or sorry, pro-racism nearly. Is there a very slight possibility? No, I don't think this. I especially don't think it based off your kind of attitude towards male-to-male contact. But maybe deep down that is a gay thing. And maybe you're afraid of being gay. No, I don't think I'm gay. Oh, let me Sorry, just buy it. Yeah. You don't. You're really against things like someone having their willy out. If someone... Hey... If someone hopped into like bed with you, yeah. messingly, hung yeah, over yeah. and all, you'd be real. You'd say get off, but you can sense you're like holding the pillows. It was like get out of here in your own head. It's like, like the most uncomfortable I see. Do you think that the whole chase of security and therefore sprint away from insecurity is because you possibly and this is just something for the listeners because you have got close to the path here. Let's not lie. No. Okay, and this is something you only have to deal with this once. Yeah. And I'm doing this on behalf of a lot of them. Yeah. No, of course. Do you think there's a possibility? That you are a latent homosexual? No, I don't think so. Because I've never had any feelings towards males. I've it doesn't always necessarily have to start sexually. like your fancy males always because sometimes you just won't let yourself get to that stage yeah. because you're so afraid of the concept of being gay because it makes you slightly different and undermines your whole act of security. Okay. So maybe deep down you, you, your anxieties towards it and against it have are so high that it doesn't even get to the stage where you can be attracted because you don't even address it. No, I don't think so. Because, again, like, I, I can't really defend it because I'm just going to say the things that you just said, mm-hmm. that that doesn't. Mm. But I've never found myself in any way attracted to this sexual act towards men doesn't really get me going. And not being touched by men, I don't like being touched by anyone. So I, that's something in myself. So I understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know the whole thing that dudes do, that they're like... Hey, get away from me and I yeah, yeah. a lot of that has to be out of a fear that they're deep down homosexual okay. because unless somebody's coming at you with their literal penis balls and ass out Hard. you can't really get bothered by the argy bargy a bit of t- it's just a laugh you're just humans yeah, it's no, the same I'm, act as wrestling or playing rugby it's not a big deal there's and nothing I'm to much it more against that than other men you've met before that are like I don't think you're gay I'd be okay. like 80% sure you're 80, not but crazy. I think there's 20% of you that for me just seems so closed off and so hidden behind this laid back character that is like I'm not rocking this boat because I'm afraid about my comments <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know like I don't think you're gay but it's just something that crosses see, my mind the odd time yeah but it seems to be a recent thing you think I'm gay um, it isn't uh, I think looking back at your youth there was always a propensity for you to hang around with young yeah, girls around true. 14 or 15 and, and it was never sexual yeah and your comfortability in being friends with them when you weren't necessarily an overly confident dude like yeah. I wouldn't have seen you in confrontations with males your age you didn't have that hold a room jest confidence you were actually quite insecure in a male environment in PE dressing rooms you were pretty mortified I remember there been a huge issue about <laughs> you and how quickly and stuff you grew pubic hair it's not a huge deal but then you'd walk out and while other dudes us straight folk yeah, who like wings tits and beer uh, would kind of be a little bit tentative like oh shit there's those girls when we were 14 and yeah, all and we'd be like oh my goodness how am I going to walk by them but you who was the most scared guy I'd ever seen was like 
How are we? <laughs> it's fabulous Friday. Whose webcam are we doing today? Whose webcam are we doing today? <laughs> and you were like, you were, and you'd be walking yeah, around. Maybe that is true, but you'd no, be walking around, but like with girls around your age who were like five inches taller than you, and you were so comfortable reveling in the environment, they'd be coming to you about their boy issues. Fuck, I've never really thought about this. It's myself, scary. So this could be an on air discovery of your no, homosexuality. No, okay. Stop shouting that. Just I'm what I'm saying. Not, I'm not, you, you probably aren't gay. If you're not gay, you know that. There's no need for you to scream that at me because that. Yeah, just means you might be good. But look at all of this. Add all all of this up, man. Yeah, no, it has a lot. What of about that? What you're yeah. saying? It's recent. What about the fact that you were hanging around with? You were always the guy hugging the girls, just little yeah, hugs. Yeah, yeah. But it was never sexual. Yeah, fuck. That's really kind of weird. Is think it, about is that. It, no, I've thought about it that weird, before. man, or are you well, just I've gay? I've thought about that before, obviously. Like, if you do think, why was I made with all those girls, but I wasn't getting my because lad hard or anything, even like, my lad was oh, getting hard. You were never, <laughs> you were never getting the feelings. Well, maybe it was. No, I don't like, think you were. No, like, certain ones. No, because when you were around, you were like consistently 14, hugging, cuddling up in onesies, watching like the OC rewind, you know what I mean? No, maybe my dick's getting hard <clears> No, time. I don't. I think you just, you, you, you said it brilliantly <laughs> that when you were honest, not when you realised what you said and started lying afterwards. Uh, you were sitting, when I and most listeners sitting here were 13 or 14 and yeah. we're sitting around there walking around in their like juicy uh, little, you know, the little fluffy shorts yeah, and all and they were deliberately bending around and they were so confident you weren't feeling anything they'd no bother doing it. If they were doing that around me when they were 13, yeah, yeah. I would have been carried out of that fucking gaff by a SWAT team. Yeah, and I say that with fucking pride. But I'm a ge- more gentle man than you maybe naturally or <clears> than other males. Maybe I'm not just <laughs> Absolutely gay, not. I'm just more gentle. I am, um, first of all, and you, you know, know you, you know this much less predatorial than you. Are no, women. sorry, I wasn't mean. Hold like, on, I mean and that's not to say you are predatorial. Way. Yes, but that wouldn't affect how I got carried out by a SWAT team at thirteen or fourteen. It's not because I would have been attacking them. It's because my testosterone would have taken over, and I might have just gone to the kitchen and like got a knife, and it could have been a Sharon Tate kind of job, man. <laughs> that's how fucked us straight folk were at thirteen and fourteen. Yeah, the no, gals no, wouldn't have been no. allowed. Yeah, no, have the juicy kitchen. You were I completely fine. Wasn't fine. Late as well, which is another maybe thing that maybe shows my. You weren't masturbating to late. Let's be honest here. What age were you masturbating at? 15. That is the equivalent of... To be doing that at 15... Crazy. ...is the equivalent of, I'd say, losing your virginity at 30. That's how late that is. Yeah, no, it's mental, yeah, but... Uh, but at the time I was 15, I was on, like, my fourth night. Well, like you said a few minutes ago, <laughs> that I didn't have pubes up until I was, like, 18 or 19 or something, so... Not really, they were just they were just very yeah, just, short, and they, they've remained like that, I... I believe until you started properly walking around with barbed wire and a do not enter sign around your genitalia because you're so gay and insecure about it but you weren't masturbating because the content that got you aroused wasn't there because it wasn't in the stuff you were watching so us straight guys and I say this there's going to be gay listeners and they're, they're looking at this going yeah yeah box tick box tick Let and they're know, saying yeah. to you come to our community the reason why you weren't masturbating is because when you turned on American Pie and saw Stifler walk out with the girl yeah or when Happy Gilmore got his coming of age moment and they kissed no, on the 18 hard. green getting hard you were getting hard because it was a golf movie <laughs> you weren't <laughs> you weren't getting hard at the woman you didn't have those moments so like you automatically at 10 and all we had to go downstairs but you were just like eh, don't need to I don't need to relieve that you didn't have that chair breaking excitement no. and then when you were like 15 or 16 the old bit of content like I Love New York or Flava Flav okay. and dating shows and Jersey Shore and Geordie Shore and a bit of maleness was added to it mm. and then you got your trigger 
for your arousement, but you didn't. You're going. I'm not going. I'm not going. She couldn't be. So you thought it was towards the women, but it was really the man and woman that got you. It was the concept of relationships, and there's a man here. <laughs> no, that's bollocks. I hope that's bollocks. Okay, yeah. so we're down to hope, and there's a no, possibility. No, I'm not because I, I do like every like I look at women's arses when they walk by and all. You look at their arses, though, Connor. <laughs> you look at the point of homosexual entrance. You're, no, you're traditionally thing. us. Straight folk, us fucking, us wood shopping, lumberjacking, football watching, straight folk, yeah? Yeah. We would have grown up on the bosom. Now I look at the teeth, is that? No, 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 you're changing everything. It's never, your first answer to all these questions is always the gay one, and then you realise what you've just said and go, I'm okay, and then change it again. You said everything, you look at their ass. You know like a lot of, you know the ass culture? Yeah. A lot of these guys going to the gym and build their muscles like you mm. are in the 10% factual gay members of the community but are running away from it and are hiding from it. So they make up for it by building all their muscles and trying to make sure they tell themselves, I'm masculine, I'm masculine. Look at me, look at my pull-ups. But really saying, look at my hairless body. It's real traditional gay behaviour. But yeah. they're trying to make up for it with lifting weights and all. And they're the ones who've invented the ass and they're the personal trainers. So they've put into popular culture the concept of the ass as a point of desire which doesn't make any sense because the ass is for shitting we genetically aren't supposed to go look at that arse the boob yes it makes sense to want that it is your feeder it is ancestrally placed in you that's That's why Pam Anderson and Carmen Electra were on the walls of us fucking woman slapping grass cutting straight folk do you know what I'm saying like you guys you guys, you look Just at the ass because talk, it, was, it, was put, it was put into you because the gay guys are the ones who were creating the squatting and the deadlifts and they were trying to make sure that women had the best ass as possible because it's the only way that they could even convince themselves to desire females by decorating their homosexual point of entrance. So you don't think like asses were big in the 70s, 80s? No. All about no, bosom. No, teeth. ass was supposed to be a Kira Knightley kind of thing. It was yeah. all about beauty. But... This new culture of focusing on the ass, it's the weird, anal yeah. entrance. It's because there's a lot of homosexuals who are refusing to admit they're gay and it's making the world a weird place. And you think I'm one of them? I think you're a much less obvious candidate than the ones I've just mentioned, but because your culture was slightly different and you didn't have to express it in a way of taking steroids and pumping weights all the time, yours was easier to just do by hiding behind the brilliantly charming average Joe figure who didn't feel the need to compete with fellow man because deep down that competitiveness comes from our ancestral origins of fighting over our women Women. the the places where we can place our seed yeah that's what we were all in competition with originally so we remain in competition but society invents new things and it's still still deep down about the woman and about the, the seed holder you have got but we decorated with, with other facets of society like jobs Life, but, but a lot of those things are for women do you know what I mean like a lot of those absolute geek balls who had no interest in women when they were sitting at their computer studying for their finances just going okay I'm too ugly I'm too ugly it's not going to work I can't go out there now look at these pimples on my neck and look at my physique but by the time they're 40 yeah. and all the math studying pays off 
what have they got? They've got their woman and they care slightly less about the finance now because they just took the long route because it was their only option. Okay. It's all kind of about for it is most straight males. Life. Yeah, what woman can you get? Life. It's ancestrally in you. What seed holder can you get? Yeah. But you never felt the need to compete like that and you hid behind the modesty because the no, sad thing is, Pat, and just let me finish you, right, guy? The sad thing is, my friend, by the way, regardless of this discovery, is that you never wanted that woman, Pat. I do. You, I do want a woman, the woman, but I don't feel the need. Pat. You, come on <laughs> and I think yeah, the, 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 the stuff you said about Gareth Thomas and the shouting about bisexuality and always every single let there's just a subtle little thing you have to let us know I'm not gay yeah. oh, guys. Oh, guys. Yeah. there's something there Pat well it's, I'll, I'll, th- I'll think about it Okay. I'll have to obviously after this discussion send us a uh, message on M850 and as I said I didn't think MA50 is about like celebrating or reminiscing. No. I think it's about getting to know the people who you listen to weekly a bit better. So just drop us a mail if you think there's nothing you can do for Pat in his sexual discovery. And I'm not going to make it a thing of is Pat gay or not, but Thank you. Yeah, I wouldn't maybe, maybe. No, is it like. Because it's not their business. It's not their business. But if anyone knows anyone who's battled similar things and, <sighs> and has any advice for Pat here, um, feel free to drop a message. The emails, I think, also on the. On the ice and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. We can sort yeah, something now. I wish you the best on this journey, genuinely, of this yeah, discovery. Well, we'll and see. yeah, there's no need to treat it like so defensively or aggressively. I just think it's very genuine. I think it's so brilliant for you to come on here and open up like that and just explore the possibility of who you are. Yeah, and thanks. none of us should be exempt from that. And again, everyone will view you in the exact same way. Yeah, and yeah. I think it'll be vital and great for society if we saw a genuine bigot come out like we all love this culture of coming out but how many of them are just like yeah so obvious but imagine like imagine the hot dog munching ass loving yellow toothed bangle wearing kind of horrible stubble growing came out yeah yeah yeah. it would be absolutely fascinating Um, but one thing that kind of lets down your gayness is your interest in the arts they're not high enough no they're not and recently you sat with me at one of the most recent blockbuster movies that being The Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix what did you think was good about it? I thought his acting was very good I thought he portrayed uh, the mental character very well mental well what yeah come on 2019 er psychotic yeah. Um, fucking crazy freak, yeah, freak is the word I prefer yeah, 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 yeah. weirdo is the word uh, I think is more appropriate in 2019 go yeah, on yeah. the way he portrayed that um, I thought I didn't really understand what I found it. fascinating was how much modern society is so evident in the movie and how films that we define as classics so subjective depending on what society is like at the time and years ago Batman being a hero yeah. uh, coming from ostentatious family of the Waynes who more or less are a on-screen version of the Trumps who have a British butler yeah. he's the hero the posh guy beat the threat of the poor but because we've taken a shift in Trump's president and the world's gone so PC and we're trying to hammer home the message of the working class has been overshadowed whilst actually doing nothing but just remaining to talk about and putting more money into the pockets of the 1% and putting on our Instagrams how much we care about poor people. Um, I just thought it was very interesting that this time the Joker, who came from nothing, is glorified. 
He's and made hero. into a hero. And the normal villain is the hero because he represents a stand-up to the wealthy. Is that what was going on? Yeah, I think yeah. that's what the whole thing was. The Joker suddenly the hero and he stands up and they're all guriers, basically. Yeah. Uh, all the guys with the clown masks on who are rooting for him and he's King Nidge, yeah. more or less. Do you know what I mean? He's a working class hero who stood up to the rich family and now we all have to see it from his point of view and he's been placed into our heads as this kind of mentally ill character. They use the mental ill thing to basically justify any of his behaviour because if you are mentally ill in modern society, you are allowed to do what you want when you want to do it. So they've quickly used one societal factor to justify his behaviour and then made him and his nasty behaviour even further justified because he was representing the lower classes, which we are all trying to promote. Sorry, though... But I thought the irony of it was going to see the film in Finglas, in yeah. Charleston Cinema, which is where I normally like to go to the cinema because there's nowhere worse to bump into somebody you semi-know than the cinema. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. First of all, let's meet in the lobby and have the most awkward conversation over things like selecting Sweet. our pick and mix and buying tickets. Two really long, awkward acts. Not only yeah. that, let's both go into the same dark room and stare at a screen for two hours. But not even just that. What's worse is if you possibly meet them in the car park and have to listen to the world's latest fucking film critic giving you his fucking rotten tomatoes about what he just saw. Seeing people in the cinema is hell. It is very bad. Unless, yeah, unless they're like your top four yeah, closest close people place. in life. Yeah. Like, there's people I know well, mm. know well, who I wouldn't like to see in the cinema. Or go to the cinema with. Well, that, that just wouldn't happen. Okay. Going to the cinema with someone's basically shagging. Yeah, it is. Uh, I was convinced to go last time by a male friend, with a group of male friends, something I never do, something I absolutely despise. And when I was in there, I felt filthy. Yeah. I felt like this has to be sexual. Okay. It is yeah. a sexual act going to the cinema. You're sitting in chairs really intimately in a black room, both watching and observing this thing. It and, is very And weird, most people yeah. aren't interested in it and just pretending to be. But the weirdest thing about seeing this film that sold the working class as important was being in Fingus and realising just how bad the lives are of the locals there and, and the negative terrible. conveyor belt they are born into and just how everything just seems so grim and none of their behaviour is their fault but it's actually just the fault of culture and society yeah. that didn't give them an opportunity that the guys behind me more or less just kick in the back of my chair looking for me to react yeah. and he couldn't have he couldn't have not meant it he wouldn't have just been Gary owning my no, cinema he chair no. he was looking for me to turn back and go to his stuff so he could lob his popcorn in my looking face for trouble, yeah, looking for trouble and why wouldn't he because everything's negative every single one of them I heard coming out of the cinema only had negative things to say about it the weather the price of the parking where the car was parked who parked it there what they were going home to and then they went home they complained about the coldness again either yeah. it's too cold or else the heating shouldn't have been on they complain about how long the kettle takes they tell their dog to shut up barking like that and everything's just a fight and it's not their fault that because they have to complain about inequality the yeah. government food prices they have to complain about that by nature all the things that matter and it just becomes a knock-on effect of complaining and i think that working class cultures that are in an urban area like a city provide a sense of community and a sense of brilliance and a sense of entertainment but these working class communities that are more or less on the edge of a motorway they're kind of forced into one and place. you're just lobbed out there and the government make an area for you and we toss you off the edge of a motorway and yeah. you have one cinema to go to you've one shopping centre and there's no walk out in Moore Street you're two minutes away from a landmark you can go into a square at any minute and see people from all different classes 
and you can communicate and you can do a little bit of thieving exactly. and your yeah. auntie can work on the market and sell fish and you can go and watch the dubs and you can you have an opportunity that you can grow there but you can't come out of that other society no and it's sad it made me think would you rather be from that society and no way out negativity and the only piece of happiness you can get is from literally going down to the boozer on a Friday and getting pissed and maybe winning the Darts tournament or would you rather be born into such deluded like dorky wealth where you actually have lost sensitivity and have lost the ability to relate to other people and are so deluded that you think like I actually heard a guy outside a bar recently abuse a bouncer in the Celtic Tigery disgusting I make more money than you sitting on my fucking couch mate my dad will come down I heard that content again for the first time since I was 15 would you rather be desensitised to human emotion or would you rather be the other one it's very interesting because there is a benefit in being in between both yeah definitely it allows for balance it allows for you to see the world much more clearly and although you might not have financial leeway of people on the other side and although you might not have the genuine pain that leads to so much creativity and meaning searching and only develops the mind of the working class there is a balance of seeing both I yeah. still think I'd rather be in Thingless than, than be raised as such a because those boys who have that kind of stupid wealth and wear like ridiculously blingy like watches and cream blazers yeah. and go to the same nightclub every Saturday and buy like a, a bottle of vodka and they each have a glass of it when that they can just get their individual glasses they're more insecure and have more anxieties than anyone so they may as well be in that pain because they care so much about like what their mates think of their birds and talk about you not being able to be gay do you know how many of those boys <laughs> are, gay. are gay like the gayest dudes ever going on trips shaving their chest and standing in a group of five all dyed brown massively and it's terrible to see them in Dublin because Dublin's so small that in places like London when you have that deluded elite it's kind of hidden but the irony of the Dublin one is everyone's just kind of together so it's so in your face and so unnecessary they're part of such a small culture and population they're so unimportant in the overall picture that the sense of delusion is is amplified Mm. So yeah, it's interesting. But I definitely think I'd rather be the from the proper low down working class. But the proper negativity, yeah. But where like you're not even educated on like health benefits, and you're you're smoking at nine, and your mom smoked, and she she, like is more likely to die. Obviously, there is of illness, and there's so much more kind of drug abuse and stuff in your community. There's such a sense of existential worry, and you're so close to death all the time. Would you rather be hidden in? Uh, four pole bed and dalky and never see dad because he's out making money in Dubai and kind of just drive around in a Porsche at 21 I think I'd rather be the other one because they have more about themselves as characters yeah but there's so much pain but is the the pain of delusion yeah, worse on the other end it's yeah. an interesting debate it is yeah it's an interesting one I actually think a great concept for some kind of of show yeah, yeah? and no editing yeah Nothing stupid. You get four of the most deluded boys from the most South Dublin-y end of culture who went to the most obnoxious, stereotypical rugby-playing schools who are around 25 now, yeah? Uh, yeah. And they come in their coloured chinos, they wear a napkin, possibly needlessly, and all in a blazer, <laughs> and you sit four of them down the table. Yeah. They wait. Yeah. You plonk up 20 harp, 20 cans of harp, Right, they'll drink anything once they're in this Obviously. room, and it's filmed in like a stingy apartment. Now I don't mean a flat, but just a student it's apartment, a small mikey. one camera. Then four boys who grew up in the dirtiest North Dublin drug-infested flats come into the room. There's no weapons allowed. <laughs> you give everybody a wonner. Okay. 
200, whatever. You get you set something up, get people to log it in. We get what we do is one camera, everyone leaves the room, you leave it there, four lads there, four lads there. What happens? Just see how what happens reacts to each other. 40 harp in the thing, eventually, those boys from the most obnoxious part of territory have to yeah. communicate with the guys at the other end of the table. There's no point in brawling. You brawl, brilliant. you're not getting paid. <laughs> and everyone has the heart and just seeing the different conversations form and what is the argument about that for me is reality television yeah, worth fucking showing that. not Love Island not Geordie Shore genuine reality television four and four and after two hours you yeah. wouldn't even be playing up to that camera anymore there's no singular interviews guy going when I walked in I thought I was walking into a fucking shit show but it actually turns out that his poi balls were semi-decent <laughs> like I don't want the individual interviews I just want to see the genuine fear is like a dog sniffing, sniffing something, getting closer and going, oh, it's actually all right when someone enters a house. It would be fascinating. I think it would be very So let's get behind that project yeah, is what I'm should, saying. Yeah. Let's get behind that project. Yeah. It's been a fascinating Michael Anthony show at 50, and I am very happy that we have been speaking to these week-in, week-out listeners in such an open and honest way. And I must add... Um, that we don't intend on stopping here. We are 50 not out. Not out. So we're never going to get the party balloons out. We might get them out at a fucking thousand. Yeah. Uh, some very fascinating guests coming up. Looking forward to it. In the 50s. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's big. It's going to be a different level. And it's, again, it's going, to, it's going to be unique and weird. Mm. And one thing I've appreciated is a lot of people talking about the theme tune. Yeah, what's it mean? Huh? What's it mean? They shot a song like I never really... But you're on... You're here, yeah, I know, you're but here I've every week. Really, I've never really actually understood the two. Yeah, so aspects. when you're talking to creative folk, um, it's very difficult to answer such a moronic question like, what's it mean? From yeah, a guy who's supposed to be on the show weekly, do you, do you even know it? Do you, it's quite you, Could you sing it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it opens up with a remarkable bass line played by... Um, a Vernon Jane band member who's yeah. living it up down under right now big respect <laughs> and um, then it opens with the voice of an anxiety ridden man searching for meaning in what I'd say is his early 20s okay. not knowing what's going on the sinking sand yeah. of despair right. the smell of dread in the air I'm head to toe in my own fear I'm going to die and he's cry ah, ah, and he's a weird kind of debatably Debatably homosexual figure yeah, like yourself, a very confused guy. And when he's on the cusp of even I'm going to die, suddenly comes the wisdom-fueled old Dubliner. Yeah. It's been how many years, my boy? Okay. You still don't know my tears of joy. Don't mistake my sadness for the same as yours. I'm happy That's here. Yeah. No need to go. Don't do anything stupid. Just take it slow. And have you heard the Michael Anthony shows? And that will keep you emotionally balanced. So it's saying that it might help certain people with confusion. It yeah. might help certain people see the world in a certain way. And it also is intergenerational and also cross-cultural. Okay, yeah. So there's young, yeah. crisis-ridden, kind of upper-middle-class dude, old, wily old fox, working-class guy, Me sorts out his well. problems, and then the end, the two characters begin to speak to each other. Oh, yeah, part of that. It makes me feel alone. I want to help you see. It helps me see the light. I want to build those tears. Good, the tears yeah. that leave my eyes. And how's it make you feel? It makes me see the light. The whole message of it is remarkable. For, so for you to sit here and ask me what it means, just it just supports maybe the view that 50 might be the one that you edged it out to slip on. 
Okay. Maybe you're walking back into the change room after this, after a great <laughs> innings. Um, but I say that, I say that with a bit of jest as always, and I'm, I might only say this on a oneer. Yeah. If if we're still standing. Uh, but it's been remarkable. Yeah. Uh, so far to to share the microphone with you. All right, thanks. And yeah. um, long may continue. You're you're a breath of fresh air, and I think even if you have just realised who you are yeah. on this show and you did something that should be private very publicly <laughs> that is huge sacrifice broadcasting All right. for you to do that to possibly educate someone else who's going through the same thing if it's true or even if it's not it's remarkable and to oh, yeah. take part in that level of self-discovery in a public platform I think should be applauded I think if <clears throat> the world was made up of six and a half billion Pat Martins it would be a much safer place <laughs> but yeah that is Exciting. Well, at least they wouldn't have remotely discovered fire and <laughs> HIV would have came away earlier. But um, top guy. Cheers. And uh, here's another 50 pack. Touch a glass with you. Thank you. Cheers, mate. And nice shot. Um, a lot to talk about. Um, I'm obviously absolutely ecstatic with last night's proceedings. Um, Manchester United with a famous away win in Turin. Not as famous as some people are making it out. I mean, Martin Keown said in commentary that it's... I, th- I think he actually might have said um, that it's the biggest win in Europe in Manchester United's history. He needs to be sacked. We're delighted to finally get Kelly Maloney onto the show. Thanks, Emil, for coming, Kelly. Uh, that's fine. And former Seafield Junior Golf Club captain. Um, he's the first guest on the Michael Anthony show, so um, it's a um, it's a bit of an honour for him. Makes me feel just fine. What's it Makes me see the light. What about those tears? Believe my eyes. How's it make you feel? Makes me feel alright. It hasn't passed for 15 years. Yeah. Like, do one. Yeah. 22. You, you, 22. 22 episodes, yeah. Where well, are you going to go for the 23rd after me? Because this is it now. Isn't it? Yeah, that's how what you, I was, no, I was, I was actually thinking, yeah, we went too big too early. 